Hello, and welcome to Hugenhoff Podcast, episode 53. Uh, today, I have Lore with me. How are you doing, Lore? I'm doing just fine, sir. Thank you for asking. And how are you? Well, I'm good, and that's good to hear. Um, we are going to jump back into the lore today, so uh, hopefully that'll be fun. Before we do that, I'll get the station news out of the way. Uh First, uh, my website, hugenhoff.org, that's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F dot org, and you can pretty much find everything you need there. Uh, if you want to send an email, you can do that. The address is on the page, or it is hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. I actually got a piece of email this month that was uh, really nice, so I appreciate that, and thank you to the person who sent it. Uh, always do appreciate getting email. Uh, let's see. Also... You can find the RSS there under the podcast section. You can also find all the podcasts there, but I would suggest you subscribe to the RSS. That way you can get every episode without missing them. This is a monthly podcast. Um, The Northern Runes Radio uh, is, as far as I know, currently not up and running. Dan has uh, pursued other interests uh it was really nice to be part of that network and i have nothing but nice things to say about them i think they're great people but now that they're gone my own rss feed will still work and i'll give you all of the huguenhoff podcasts and i really think it's the best way because you get the podcast without having to think about it again monthly podcast hard to remember to go out every month and get it so the rss just grabs it for you Anyway, I do believe that's everything. So, Lore, tell us, before we begin, where we can find your books. Well, right now, you can find them on Amazon.com, where you can just type in my name, Stephen Oaks, S-T-E-V-E-N-O-A-K-S. And, uh, actually, you'll find some other dude who does some comic book art or something like that. I've seen him around a bit, because it'll show up also on uh, Goodreads. If you type my name in. But right now I have five things published on uh, Amazon. Uh, The trilogy for The Outsiders and a poetry book, which, hey, Poetic Ed is, hey, it's poetry, right? You should like it. And then my latest book, which I'm very, very proud of, called Walk On. I would suggest uh, if you just want to read my best stuff, start there. Though I think the poetry is pretty personal and I like it a lot. Um, can I do an update? Because this is the only time I'll I'll be talking to people probably for a little while. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, the night shift job that I have is sucking the life out of me, and I've been unable to write much while I've been working there. And that also means I've not been doing the Oak cast or Oaks cast. So you will only have a little bit there that you can go to on my website, uh, stevenoaks.com, and you can listen to a little bit of Walk On there before you purchase if you want. Um, but my my goal had been to record you know little sections from everything I've written, but unfortunately, like I said, very busy, very tired. I'm lucky enough that uh, Byron here has allowed me to stay up late, him, or he stayed up late, and I'm early to do this show, so thanks to him, and hopefully we can do a good show for you. Yeah, no, I'm sure it'll be good. I definitely like having you on, but it is a little weird, because for me, it's late, and it's like, I need to get to bed, and you're just waking up, so that late shift, the late shift does put you on the opposite schedule of of everybody, but I'm hoping this will work uh, late for me, early for you, since we're only doing it monthly. I think it should. Um, I guess that's it, so let's just go ahead and jump in to the story we're going to be reading, which is um, The Flighting of Loki, or the Locasena. Anyway, I'm going to be <laughs> looking at Hollander, and Steve, what are you going to be looking at? Right now I'm on Sacred Text, so already there's a bit of a discrepancy, because they've translated, instead of you know the Flighting of Loki, or Loki Flighting, is uh, Loki's Wrangling. Yeah, I like the flighting of Loki better, but I can also see it's less clear because it's not as common of a word. So we will see if there's any big differences. Um, 
And I read the story earlier today or yesterday, I can't remember, in um, the Terry translation. So I did not actually read the beginning note of Hollander. But um, it, my beginning note's pretty big, too. I was just going to kind of skip over it and look down here at section one because, yeah, it looks like it's pretty long. That's what I was going to do, but I did want to read this beginning real quick. Um, he says it is safe to say that the Locasana is not and never was in any sense a popular lie. It is the mm. product of a witty and clever scald who conceived the idea of showing the solemn and glorious gods from their seamy side. So I just think it's interesting to keep in mind because this is a difficult one because it's basically Loki insulting everybody. And yeah. it's easy to be like, oh, we're not going to sit around and talk about our gods getting insulted because that's not cool. Um, but that's I still. That's a good character development for yeah. Loki in this part of his existence. Yes, that and and I do think there's some interesting things in here and we should look at them. But it's also important to remember that this is literally Loki insulting all of the gods. So anything he says, I think, needs to be taken with a tra- grain of salt. Because a train of salt. <laughs> a tra- actually, a train of salt would probably more, be more appropriate. Um, <laughs> it was a slip of the tongue, but an accurate one. Because it doesn't even say these are things that the gods did. It says these are things that Loki says the gods did when he was being ridiculous. Or the gods and our people would find insulting, which is another interesting take on it. Because, you know, what one person would find rude and crude, another person might go, yeah, yeah, I did. That's awesome. Right, right. So that's something that for some of these we might know. We might explore as well, but just before you, we started, I just want to say I think this is something that we should go through, and people at home should also go through. Um, but, yeah, I know it's a little weird. It's like we're insulting the gods, and certainly that's not our intention. Our intention is to learn about them, so that's just something to keep in mind with this story. Um I There's do. like a little paragraph opener that I mm-hmm. think kind of sets it up. Okay. That I'm seeing on my screen. I don't know if you have it in the book. Because it's, it's pretty <clears throat> short. It just kind of tells you who the people are that Loki's about to talk to. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and read that. Okay. Aesir had two serving men, uh, Fimmafeng and Elder. Uh, glittering gold they had in place of firelight. The ale came in of itself, and great was the peace. The guests praised much of the ability of Azure's serving men. Loki might not endure that, and he slew Fimathing. The Then the gods shook their shields and howled at Loki and drove him away into the forest, and thereafter set to drinking again. Loki turned back, and the outside he met Elder, and Loki spoke to him. And then we're down to one. Okay, so, yeah, before we even start, that's important to mention. Loki has already killed one of the servers, so... <clears throat> that's obviously not okay. Um, but <laughs> no. let's. Yeah, it's. A lot of this is. And also, if you think about how it might fit in with Baldur's Dream, which in the book I think is like next, or maybe. I think. I don't think we've gotten to it yet. Um, but the whole Baldur thing where he brought about the death of Baldur has certainly already happened because the end of this is him being bound to the center of the world to the center Mm -hmm. of the earth so the insults are not the reason that loki was bound but they are definitely part of it more of like the straw that broke the camel's back type of thing so it's not like they they, found the excuse this is an excuse that they can use right so when we think about the end it's not necessarily well loki insulted us so we bound him to the center of the earth because that could seem a bit extreme but this was the final thing the excuse or the final straw or whatever that was <clears throat> pushed everyone over the edge and are like yeah we're definitely doing this now so keep in mind he slayed a servant which isn't okay he led to the death of balder which is definitely not okay so there's a lot of other things going on here <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, So I guess let's just go ahead and start reading with stanza one. I guess I'll take that one. Okay. 
Say thou, Eldir, nor before set thou one foot forward. What the Aesir speak of, at their ale sitting, hear the hall within. I don't think that really needs any further explanation. Um, nope. If you want to take the next one. Uh, Elder spake. Weapons they talk, and their might in war, the sons of the glorious gods. From the gods and elves who are gathered here, no friend in word shalt thou find. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to go over that. Except you got that no he... friends here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the part that I also wanted to mention. Um, so Loki goes on. In I shall, though, into Aesir's hall. Fain would I see that feast. Brawls and bickering I bring the gods. Their ale I shall mix with evil. So mm. that's him showing his intention right there. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think we need any more if you want to continue. Elders spake. If in thou goest, Aesir's hall, and fain the feast would see... And with slander and spite would sprinkle the gods. Think well lest they wipe it on thee. Um, any, I, I guess a bit of a what, warning there. He's like, you're a jerk. You go in there, you're going to get back what you give. Right. Yeah. Okay, so again, this is... <clears throat> Loki's definitely not the hero here. Um, I'll continue with five. It said, If with words we war, we two alone, then full well thou wost, Eldir, that I will uppermost be, if foul of me thou fallest. So, if they get into an argument, he's saying that he would be the victor. Um, then do you have a little piece that's not part, but, like, written? Yeah, it just says he went into the hall and they who were there saw who had entered and they were all silent okay pretty much the same i will let you go ahead and read sex loki spake thirsty i come into this thine hall i lopped from a journey long to ask the gods that one should give fair mead for a drink to me all right so saying he wants mead basically uh, seven is, Why are ye hushed, you haughty gods, nor think me worth a word? A seat on bench at your banquet give me, or else bid me high from hence. So, basically, why isn't anybody saying anything, or giving me anything? And, um, the reason that they end up serving him, I think, has a lot to do with hospitality, and how important mm -hmm. that was, even among your enemies, so... <clears throat> I will let you go next. Hey, one of our favorites here, Braggies. Mm -hmm. A place and a seat, gods prepare. No more in their minds, or no more in their midst for thee. For the gods know well what men they wish to find at their mighty feasts. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so Braggy is sort of uh, not inviting him in. Uh, well, he is. He's like, here, you, you can have a chair, and we'll prepare you a place, but we ain't gonna do much for you. Right. Making it very obvious that he's not a welcome guest, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, Loki says, Art mindful, Odin, how in olden days we blended our blood together. Thou said that not ever thou ale wouldst drink, but to us both it were born. Alright, so now he's appealing to Odin and saying, you said you'd never drink ale unless it's brought to both of us. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that has to do with the relationship between Odin and Loki, where they are blood brothers, which ties his hands in a lot of um, a lot of instances. This being one Now here's them. the thing. I have a note for Nine. Mm -hmm. And it basically says, there exists no account of any incident in which Odin and Loki thus swore blood brotherhood but they were so often allied in enterprises that the idea is wholly reasonable. That apparently was true. a common process to mingle blood, though. So, yeah, that's kind of, I guess, what I would think. Because there's right, there's not a story that says like, and then they were blood brothers. So, so that is something to keep in mind. But uh, early on, especially, they were definitely allies. And it seems the history of things with Loki and the gods is he started out as definitely mischievous. He still got himself into trouble a lot. And he was a jokester and a prankster. 
but most of the things he did to me seemed like they were for his amusement and he'd break something and then he'd fix or he'd he'd mess something up and then he'd go back in and fix it uh kind of the only one that is like kind of bad in the whole is the hammer not being as long handles as it should be though there was a great number of gifts uh been afterwards yeah that's true and i think it is the end of that story where a sort of transformation in his character sort of takes place because after the story when the dwarves they can't take his head so they sew up because and it's kind of clever he was like i said you could have my head but i didn't say you could have my neck so you can't chop my head off because you can't have my neck and i was like okay that's clever enough but what they did (laughs) is they sewed his mouth shut with like a leather working tool and and none of the gods stopped them because they're like, well, you got yourself into this situation and we're not going yep. to get you out this time. We're going to let you deal with the consequences. And after that, I feel like the relationship got a lot more better. And then you had the whole Balder thing, which there had always been an amount of jealousy between them. And if I think we can decipher for a that. timeline. Yes, if we can decipher a timeline and timelines in mythology are always a little (coughs) are always a little weird so yeah this is putting a lot on the timeline that i laid out there where first his mouth was sewn shut then he killed balder then he came here to do the insulting that's the timeline that i believe is the accurate one but i mean a lot of that is just a, it makes sense, and B, it's a lot of personal, like, this feels right to me. So I'm not saying that is the only timeline that you could possibly imagine. I do now, think here's it makes more sense too, than the others. And I think we've discussed this before, and you don't remember it, but for some reason I do, and maybe I had a personal experience or something like that. Mm-hmm. But recall reading something about Loki eating a witch's heart, and after that point he became more cruel. Hmm. That and it was it was a witch that it was a witch that uh, was trying to terrorize gods at some point, and she was very powerful. Mm-hmm. And they had burned her or something, and he felt a kinship for her or something, and ate her heart. Now, again, this is something that I remember reading, but I have read an awful lot of stuff, including fiction, that had right, the Norse right. deities in it. So it's difficult to kind of decipher where that might come from well there was that one witch way back in the beginning when uh, the Valsipa the witch that was thrice burned I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was her or not I don't remember a mention of Loki eating her heart at any point in time but it could be I don't know I just I don't remember that precise detail or if it's even her or if it's somebody different but I mean the idea of eating a witch's heart is like not totally out of left field for Norse mythology so I don't know that's Uh, interesting let's see the witch's heart says it's in the children of Odin part 3 the witch's heart foreboding in Asgard maybe I'm looking it up right now Mm. Uh, I don't know because I would have to read everything here Uh, Loki ate some of the heart the thought stone of a woman roasted on a lindenwood fire. This is under Loki in Wikipedia. Hmm, okay. So, I guess maybe I read it somewhere? <laughs> so getting the details of that story would be interesting, and then trying to fit it into, um, fit it into the timeline, or whatever, mm-hmm. would be interesting. Maybe... I don't know. That's interesting to know if his character kind of changed after that. So that that definitely be something to look into. Um, for now, we won't do that. Uh, let's see. So, ten. if you want, was I think that was you? Uh, you read nine. I'll read ten if you okay. don't mind. Yes. So now we have Othin. Odin. He spoke and said, "Stand forth, then, Vithar, and let the wolf's father find a seat at our feast, lest evil should Loki speak aloud here within Aegir's hall." And then Vithar arose and poured a drink for Loki, but before he drank, he spoke to the gods. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, go ahead. uh, I'm trying to figure out who Vithar was. 
one Bithar. of the gods. The um, wolf's father? Hmm. Which, wouldn't that be Loki? No, um... No, Vithar is one of the gods. It's saying, I'll read Hollander, it says, Arise then, Vithar, let the wolf's father be benched at our banquet. He's having Vithar stand up and let Loki take his seat. Okay. I'm going to do a quick search over here. I don't remember what Vithar is, like, um, known for. I don't remember what he's a god of, so to speak, but I know that he is one of the gods that comes up. uh, It kind of means wide ruler. Okay. And it's a god among the Aesir's associated. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think he's one. Oh, he's Revenge. Vithar is described as son of Odin and the Jotun Grither and is foretold to avenge his father's death by killing the wolf Fenrir at Ragnarok. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay, I got you now. But I don't think um, people actively worship him like out of bloat often. Though certainly it wouldn't be inappropriate to do so. Because we have, uh, was it Folly? Folly, yeah. Yeah, who sort of fills that, like, vengeance type. Revenge, yeah. Or revenge type role. Um, And that's a whole discussion. Not blood feud type revenge. That's bad. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so so Odin is making place for him. And then, let's see, 11. Hail to you gods, hail goddesses, hail to all hallowed hosts, but to one god only who with you sets... Braggy on his bench. So, he's like, hail to everyone except Braggy. So, huh. I will... What? Then Vithar arose, poured a drink for Loki. Before he drank, he spoke to the god. Okay, that is Loki then. Yes, okay, that is reason, Loki that was speaking. Vithar. Oh yeah, it could be a little unclear. Yes, that's Loki speaking. Okay. And uh, so this is when he's going to start insulting people. But I'll let you read 12, which is Braggy speaking. And Braggy says, A horse and a sword for my horde will I give, and a ring gives Braggy to boot. That hatred thou makest not among the gods, so rouse not the great ones to wrath. So I think in this case, and correct me, or tell me if you disagree, he's sort of... um, Offering to give him stuff, being like, let's settle this peacefully, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Trying to not make amends, because that's not the right word, because he doesn't think the gods have done anything wrong, because they haven't. But just like, let's not have a bunch of fighting here in the meat hall. Let's just try to put this behind us, if at all possible. Yep. Um, but Loki says, of steeds and rings, small store... Wait... Of steeds and rings, small store, we nigh, hast braggy thou to boast. Of all Aesir and Alce within this hall, thou art most afraid and affray, and shyest where shields are hewed. So mm. basically calling him a coward who doesn't go out and fight. That's not cool. <laughs> no. Um, and I, I mean, something about braggy is he is a poet, and his focus obviously is recording the great deeds of people and stuff like that, which is in itself mm-hmm. an extremely important role, but that doesn't imply that he's cowardly in any way. So um, I definitely see why Loki would take that as like the insult, like, oh, you just write about stuff. You don't actually do the fighting. Um, but I, I also think it's completely unfounded, as most of these are. But I'll let you read the reply. And Braggy says, Now were I without as I am within, here in Aesir's hall, thine head would I bear in mine hands away, and pay thee the price of thy lies. Okay, so basically saying like, well, I I would fight you, but I'm in this meat hall. And it, that's, it, it can come across sounding like an excuse, but really it's not, because... Again, with hospitality and everything, the idea of fighting in a meat hall or fighting in a place like that really would be probably seen as kind of a bad, negative... Dishonorable. Dishonorable thing to do. Um, It's sort of like, 
and I just the same taboo goes with it as like in modern days you wouldn't fight in a church because that's not the place that's appropriate for fighting. So I know I it's hollow ground. You, if you're going to take each other's head, you can't be on hollow ground. Uh, right, right. And honestly, <laughs> Sorry, obviously, I had to put it. What? I said I had to do my Highlander joke there. Okay. Yeah, and it does happen on occasion. You'll fight in churches and you'll fight in meat halls, but it's really not like a good thing. It's not considered an honorable thing to do. Um, so Loki replies, Thou art swift in thy seat, but slow to fight. Braggy thou pride of the bench, come to battle, if bold thou art. Not a whit would I stout heart stay. So again, kind of the same thing of, of calling him a coward. Uh, but before it can go any further, I do breaks in, and I'll let you take that one. I'm not going to do a woman's voice, I'm sorry. No, I kind of <laughs> feel like that wouldn't be okay. All right, she says, uh, Well, prithee, Braggy, his kinship way, since chosen as wish son he was, speak not to Loki such words of spite here within Aesir's hall. Uh, so, so, so she's chosen as wish son? <clears throat> yeah, I don't Braggy's have spite. that. Let me read mine. It says, mm-hmm. I beg thee, Braggy, to bear in mind that of Othan's kin he is. Tease not Loki with taunting words in Ager's ale hall. So she's basically saying there to Braggy, let's not... Adopted st- son. Oh, right, which okay. Son means adopted son. Okay, so, so again, that blood brotherhood thing. Mm-hmm. So again, she's sort of saying to Braggy, like, I know what he's saying is not cool, but let's not start a fight here in the age in the in the ale hall, because again, that's a, not an honorable thing to do. <clears throat> so Loki replies, "Hush thee, Idun, of all women, thou art most mad after men, for thy shining arms on the shoulders lay of thy brother's banesmen." Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's saying. He's insulting her, saying that uh, she's with her brother's killer, basically. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to a story. I don't know, is that story actually in the lore? I or don't is... recall it. Because I, I, I know the, there's other stories where, you know, fathers or brothers have been killed and they've taken spouses mm-hmm. uh, that way. Others right. have. But I don't remember one for Braggy. I don't either, and I'm trying to think. I felt like this was alluded to in more places than this, but it may not have been. So, I mean, the... the um. Oh, okay, so the note I have here says, we don't even know who I, uh, Iduna's brother was, much less who slew him. Okay, all right. So the, the claim Loki is making is, Braggy killed her brother, and then you turned around and married him, which you can see why that would be... Uh, insulting, at least on the surface. Like, well, you wouldn't want to marry your brother's killer. But I guess the question is: is there is there even truth to that? And if well, there is, I is d- it okay? <laughs> and yeah. Well, I do <laughs> just kind of avoids that whole thing and says, "To Loki, yes. I speak not with spiteful words here within Azure's hall, and Braggy, I calm, who is hot with beer, for I wish not that fierce they should fight." So she so, again is being peacemaker. Yes. So, I mean, it's it's uh, another reason that I like the couple, I guess, of Idun and Braggy. As Braggy starts out trying to be the peacemaker, and he tries two times, but then the third time that he's insulted, he sort of starts to lose his temper a little bit, and then Idun comes in and calms him down. So they're, they're definitely, like, really good at being peacemaker and trying to defuse the situation which obviously mm-hmm. doesn't happen um, well but, it, it makes sense to their character because you know yes long in merriment and storytelling and she is yeah. uh, of youth and beauty yeah yeah they're they're not so much the war as gods you know somebody like thor might be or even odin <laughs> so yep. yeah they're trying their best to make to make things better. Um, 
Then it says Geffen sad, and who is Geffen again? I have a it, It's a goddess that is not where, not elsewhere mentioned in poems. Who, according to Snorri, has served or was served by the women who died maidens. Beyond this, nothing is known of her. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of a puzzle. Okay. All girls who died unwedded. Hmm. Uh, so Geffen said, "Ye Azir twain within this hall, why do ye?" War with words, for Loki knoweth what nag he bears, he loathes all living things. And a footnote that says the rendering of these lines is uncertain. So were your mm-hmm. lines any different? Just a little bit. Why ye gods twain with tongues raise hate among us here? Loki is famed for his mockery foul, and the dwellers in heaven he hates. Okay. So more specifically for that one, instead of just all living things. Okay. So again, I guess again, sort of, sort of trying to be a peacemaker again. But would you say more an appeal to the to the gods, saying like, "Yeah, look, like, Loki just does this. <laughs> don't, yeah, yes, yeah, just ignore him." Um, I will let you read twenty. Loki says, "Be silent, Giffen, for now shall I say who led thee to evil life? The boy so fair, gave a necklace bright, and about him thy legs was laying." So, so we would almost say Frey at this point because that's the only one I can think of with necklaces. But it wasn't a boy; it was dwarves, and yeah, yeah. I I actually have a note on this. Okay, and it says the god Heimdall, as to the Brising's necklace, which in another myth is Freya's property. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So yeah, I, yeah, I I'm not this sure. This confuses Freya and Frigga all over the place, at least in my note. Yeah, I think it does kind of happen a little bit. So I don't know if this is referring to that story or if it's re- referring to the Freya story. I mean, I don't know. And it could just be a later addition to the storytelling, this whole thing. Right. So right. maybe at that point they decide to merge them together. Yeah. I mean, the insult is pretty obvious that right. you you lay with someone to get a necklace. I, you could see why that's not socially acceptable at the very <laughs> least. Oh, and then, then Odin comes back. Okay, I is will... Is it my turn or was it you? Oh, no, it's mine. 21, okay. Odin says... Bereft of reason and raving thou art to earn thee Geffren's grudge, for the world's weird she I ween doth know even as well as I. Um, so yeah, and this one makes it sound more like she's Frigga. aligned with Frega, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, uh, but but yeah, it, he's basically saying you are crazy if you're going to get on Frega's bad side. <laughs> Or whoever yep. or Geffren's bad side, and it's like yeah, that's that's kind of true. And, and he's still kind of saying, "Hey Loki, man, let me let me tell you something. Yeah, don't mess with her. Yeah, you yes. Know, yes. I, I even know not to do that. Just don't do it. You're crazy. <laughs> right, right. So I mean, makes sense. Um, I will let you do twenty-two. And Loki says, "Be silent, Othin. Justly thou settest." The fate of the fight among men oft gavest thou to him who deserves not the gift, to the baser, the battle's prize. And I have a note that said Odin is frequently accused of this. His defense is that he needs the best heroes for the final fight with him with the wolf. Mm-hmm. Um so that's so so the insult is basically Odin gives victory to the weaker of the two people in in battle, um, yep. that that's that's sort but, of. I mean, a, he has an excuse, and it's a reasonable excuse. Yeah, you need the best warriors. What are you going to do? Wait until they're old and die a straw death? No, that would be stupid. Because if that was the case, then all the best fighters in the world always win, and then they get a straw death, and then you got no one. Right, because part fight. part of the reason, or part of the way to get into quote unquote, yeah, I guess that's right. To get into Valhalla is to die in battle. So if all the great heroes died not in battle, they had a straw death, then you wouldn't have the greatest heroes get in. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of 
justified that he would grant the weaker person victory sometimes to get the stronger person end of a yep, if you're if, if you're at your peak of strength that's when he wants to take you right exactly and the way a god influences battle i think is an interesting question to ask and i don't think we want to get into that here but i just want to point out that it is not like odin goes down and kills the one he wants to lose just to be perfectly clear exactly how it works would be a different conversation with influencing small changes here and there. But it's not like he's going down and killing people because he wants them in his hall, just because I think it's important to make that perfectly clear. And Odin is about to come back with a really good comeback. <laughs> okay, so 23, Odin says, Granted I gave, as give I should not, mastery to worser men. Thou winters ate, was the earth beneath, milking the cows as a maid, and there gavest birth to a brood, where these womanish ways I ween. And a <laughs> note that says the myth alluded to is not known, but the reference is in line with other allusions to the hermaphrodite nature of Loki. Um, yeah, Loki turns himself into a girl a lot. Oh yeah, like that whole beginning story where he lures the the when the, the giant is making the wall for Asgard, and he lures his horse, his stallion horse, away by turning into a mare, and then obviously they like mate, and I mean that's and that's something gives birth that Sleipnir and yeah, and gave Slepnir's birth to Sleipnir. Awesome. Sleipnir is actually awesome. The consequences aren't always bad. They but aren't. It's definitely something that Loki is insulted about in other places of, like, turning himself into a female and then taking on that role, which admittedly well, and the is question, a little weird. It's, it, it is strange, but here's the thing. Uh, modern times, we may mm-hmm. not feel so shamed by this but in this speaking it seems like it might be shameful unless Loki comes back and says yeah I did it was awesome (laughs) right right and I don't think that's exactly what he comes back with and it's still a little weirder than most of the other things that we have going on in modern times which a lot of them are not weird Um, don't just swap genders on a regular basis in the world. I think that would be We weird. don't because we can't. If we could, I think it would be a very interesting uh, experiment to see the world through a different kind of uh, life that way, but if we could all do it, it wouldn't be weird at all. Well, that's true, I suppose, but it would be a little bit weird if you're like, I'm going to be a girl today, and tomorrow I'll be a boy. <laughs> it's like, ah! Like, because there is a way you could do it in modern day. Like, let's say yeah, you were a person who got... No, but you had a sex change. And they're like, nope, I want to go back to a boy now. So you had another sex change. And a year later, like, nah, I want the other gender. That would be weird. You better be rich. <laughs> that would be eccentric, because rich people are eccentric and not weird. Mm. So... I think it's kind of a valid insult that that is a little bit, a little bit weird. Well, and Loki comes back with another saying, "Hey, you're kind of girly too." He says, "They say that with spells, and Samsy ones like witches with charms did thou work, and in witches' guise among bit did, or among men didst thou go unmanly? Thy soul must seem." So there's a note there. Oh, it's talking about Sam's Island is a Danish island north of Funen. Well, that's it. Uh, it mine just says Finn was a god of magic, uh, but there is no other reference to his ever having disguised himself as a witch. Yeah, and I'm not sure about that one either because I haven't read it. I know that he did do a few things that were considered quote unquote unmanly. Um, did he do Sade magic? Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. But again, I think that in the quest for knowledge, that was probably, I mean, I, th- I think that is a, g- a good thing. Culturally, socially, maybe not normal, but to learn something that normally women would learn and is see, not well, necessarily we have it turned a bad about. thing. Hmm? We have it turned about where, oh, Loki, you were a chick. You did some weird stuff. That's yeah. unmanly. Well, he's like, well, you did some magic like women do. Heck, we even have a story, mini story yeah. here. 
because there's nothing else that says you dressed up as a witch. That's kind of girly. What's up with you? And yet, to me, that basically speaks of like, well, I guess it doesn't really matter then, does it? We we do what we do, and it's not really... It's a little taboo, but it's not too horrible, even in the lore. Yeah. Well, I still think what Loki's gender swapping all the time was a little weirder than learning Scythe magic, which seems pretty pretty much okay. Yeah. I was saying, if you put him on the weird spell, or the weird scale, <laughs> Loki usually comes out weirder than the other ones. Well, that's true. Um... But yeah, yeah, the, the, that's true. Uh, let's see, 25, I think that's me. Frigg said, you're dropping, wait, your doings ye should deeply hide, nor tell these tidings abroad. What in olden times ye twain have wrought, keep it from kin of men. <clears throat> what does yours say? Because I don't... Uh, of, of the DG2 of old have done, ye should make no speech among men. Whatever you've done in days gone by, old tales should never be told. Okay. So, so heck, we're, both let's of, not talk about this. Yeah. Both of you have a spotted past, let's say. So, yeah, let's let's not talk about this. And it's a fair thing to say, actually. <laughs> it's like, that was old times. We're, we're, we're doing stuff differently now. Right, right. And, and um, not to say that what they did or didn't do in the past was moral or immoral, but at least let's not talk about it anymore um, is probably probably a fair thing to say. And then uh, Loki comes back about something in the past, too. Well, He's like, yeah. hey, be silent, Frigg. Thou art Fajorn's wife, but ever lustful in love for Vili and Vey, thou wife of Vithrir, both in thy bosom have lain. I have a... It's Fulsipa. Okay. Um, yeah, Vili and Vey are Odin's brothers. So the insult is like she lay with Odin's brothers. But again, that's not really mentioned anywhere else. So is that true or not? Well, I don't know. in the Yingsling saga, uh, it says that during one of Odin's uh, protracted absences, his two brothers took Frigg as their mistresses. Or as their mistress. Hmm. And Vithra is a curse, another name for Othan. Right. Oh, right. that's interesting. There might be truth to that one then. Truth to that one then. Um, but I think it's important to remember. Well, that's, a, that's oh, in a ahead. saga too. So, I mean, sagas have some good information, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just, just saying I think it's important to remember Odin and Freg's relationship as well. Well, we don't know what their oath were to each other. Exactly, right. And Othan has had lots and lots and lots of other people that he slept with that weren't Frigg. And I would assume, if they're honorable gods, which I think they probably are, their oath had had that in it. The oath did not say, well, we can only sleep with each other. It was like, we're ultimately bound to one another by, you know... We can sleep with whoever we want because that's the type of that, relationship that we wa- that we have. Making that if they she... both can see in the, to the future as well, and <clears> what <throat> might be necessary, they could you know plan yeah. ahead for. Yeah, so they decided that they would take that path and that sacrifice if, if is one where they wouldn't necessarily be completely monogamous with each other, but for whatever reason they would be with other people. And yeah, Odins are usually to do something like uh, spawn a bunch, I mean, to make a bunch of the gods, or or there's some other the reason. Get the meat, that's a good example where he seduced somebody. So so there's reasons for him doing that. Um, <clears throat> but I guess my point that I'm making there is I don't think their relationship is one of monogamy and it's easy to look to any of the Odin stories to see that and if mm-hmm. Odin is not monogamous to Frigga then certainly Frigga wouldn't be expected to be monogamous to Odin so I don't know it's not that much of an insult though on the surface certainly looks extremely insulting if we don't have anything else to say about that, I will go on. And we may or may not finish this one today. I don't 
I remember it being slightly longer than the others. So this one might actually be a two-parter just to warn everybody because I would rather go into each of them, each of these stanzas in depth rather than rush through them. Mm-hmm. We're not on a schedule, so we can do it in two parts if we want to. Let's see. So what stanza were we on? 27. 27. Ah, oh, here it is. Uh, Frigg said... Forsooth had I in Azure's hall a son of Baldur so brave. Thou'dst not get thee gone from the gods foregathered before thou hast fought for thy life. Mm. Uh, can, I don't know if I understood that one so well. I was going to uh, ask if what you could I read have. yours. Yeah. Okay, so in mine she says, A son like Baldur were by me now, here within Azure's hall. From the sons of the gods thou shouldest go not forth, till thy fierceness and fight were tried. Ah, okay, so, yeah. And you wouldn't leave here without a fight if Baldur was here. Okay. Yeah, again, just saying how good of a god that Baldur is. And why Baldur isn't there is a question. I kind of think that's because this is already after... Um, the mm-hmm. Baldur Stream story in the in the timeline. Oh, oh, and Loki admits his guilt next. Okay, twenty eight. Be mindful, Frag, what further I tell of wicked works of mine. My reed wrought it that rides nevermore, hitherward Baldur to hell. Okay, yeah. Um So yeah, he actually brings that up. His whole thing that he killed Baldur. And then Freya goes, What the heck, man? Jeez. <laughs> oh, Freya's okay, like, Mad art thou, Loki, that known thou makest, the wrong and shame thou hast wrought, the fate of all, does Frigg know well, though herself she says it not. You crazy son of a... <laughs> yes, yes. Which, which is completely how he's acting. In this situation, it's like, really? You're just going to say that? Um, Yeah, this one is long. This probably will be two parts. <sighs> yeah, so oh, gosh. that makes sense. I forgot how much I enjoyed this one. <laughs> okay, what were we on? 30? Uh, yes. Uh, so Loki says, Hush thee, Freya, I full well know thee. Thou art not free from fault. All Aesir's and Alf within this hall, thou hast lured to love with thee. Ooh. Yeah, the other one that I read this morning was a little, um... What would you say? Came out sounding less (laughs) political. Yes, yeah, came out sounding like a little less politically correct. Um, But yeah, the, the idea that like... But, according to Snorri, Bray was a model of fidelity to her husband. Which, I don't know, I mean, we have the dwarf story with the necklace. Yeah. Which may or may not be a thing. Right, right. But that... Snorri is under the impression that Freya was very faithful. Maybe she was? I don't know. I It's, it's hard I... to tell. Again, what are their O's? What is faithfulness? Right, right. All of that. Um, and that's something that I don't remember if it's you that brought it up or someone else. I was thinking it's you, but I might be wrong. It was but me, because I know exactly where you're going. Okay. Uh, the idea of the Freya story, which, if everybody doesn't know it, um, to get the Brisa, Brisa, I can't pronounce it. Briesingling? Briesingling. To get the necklace, Freya slept with four dwarves. Um, and there's a lot of ways you could take that story. One way, and a way that I often took it, is the idea that, uh, oh, what would you say? Maybe as our... punishment, as punishment, uh, Odin said, "Hey, now you were in charge of doing this." But in my interpretation, say he saw her; she's willing to do what needs to be done. I'm going to give you this honor because you deserve yeah. it. You're going to take the first; you get the first pick of the fallen to gather the armies for Ragnarok. Yeah, exactly. That's my interpretation. Exactly. And and also the idea would be there that um the idea would be there that 
sleeping with other people to get a thing is not immoral so much as it is socially taboo. And Odin does it all the time, so of course he yes. would pay respect to that. Right. He was like, look, you wanted something and you were willing to get it. Or By going against what is culturally normal, by putting yourself in a embarrassing situation, so to speak, you were willing to do all of that to get this thing that you wanted, so you've demonstrated that you're willing to sacrifice a lot to get the thing that you want. So that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is to say it never happened, and it was something that, like, during the conversions, Christians wrote down, because they were like, oh, Mm. well, we're basically insulting the goddesses, calling one of their, like, main goddesses, Freya. We're bringing into question her fidelity, and we're saying that she's basically a prostitute, and then the people will be less likely to honor her, because she has a bad reputation now because we're purposely circulating these stories, basically calling her a prostitute. That's the and other also, way you, you don't, could look at it. You don't know how our people thought about her doing that or not doing that. If it was a right. real story and she did this, we don't know if our people were like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. Or, yeah, because that's what you do. you got to get right. stuff done. And when you get stuff done, sometimes you you know do stuff. Yeah, and even today, I think a lot of people are are um, split on it, like prostitution. Which this isn't and, and exactly because, prostitution, because it wasn't for money, no. but I mean, it's very similar. But like, a lot of people are not in agreement. Like, is our prostitutes moral or immoral? I don't think you'd have two people say the same thing. Okay, so, but we also have to look at who was Snorri. Snorri's the one translating this. Snorri's the one that said she was the model of fidelity. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he was raised in a culture where fidelity was paramount and anything else was bad, and he still liked Freya, so he's like, nah, no, no, no. She's faithful. Everything's good. Yeah, that could it that could be it too, because um he was at least he said that he was a Christian, so if he was raised in that Christian mentality, um fidelity is a really a really big thing that you have to be faithful because it's a sin not to be in everything. So there, there could be bias there as well. I mean, there could mm-hmm. be bias on all sides. And and yeah, a lot of it does depend on what you're going to believe. And yeah, what, what do you think the ancestors would think of an action like this? Um, like personally, I wouldn't be a prostitute myself, but I don't think it's immoral. I think if everyone is consenting then it's not an immoral action. But it's well, yeah, because it's all about autonomy. <laughs> yeah, for me. For me, it's all about autonomy. So as long as everyone is a consenting adult not being coerced, I think you have the right as a woman or a man to make that decision. Um, but not. my point is not everybody agrees with me, and I'm not saying that the other side is like just dumb and not thought out i think there's good reasons to think that period prostitution is wrong but it's impossible to say what our own ancestors actually would think of that or not Mm -hmm. so i mean that's an interesting one and we'll definitely get into it more i don't think we've read that story yet so we'll get to it eventually and probably go into it in great depth but if you had anything you want to say definitely do say so now Uh uh nope i think i've i've said what i think about this particular section okay uh let's see i think you are up next on 31 okay yes so Frey comes back and says false is thy tongue and soon shalt thou find that it stings thee an evil song or it sings thee an evil song uh the gods are wroth goddess is all and in grief shalt thou homeward go yeah, again, and I think that Loki gets so many warnings in this story, starting <laughs> yes, from from the very time before he entered the door when he was talking to the servant. He got his first warning, and he keeps getting warnings. It's like, dude, this is not going to turn out well for you. Just stop. I can't say stop while you're ahead because you're already behind, but yeah. just stop before this gets worse. Um, but yeah, he's of course, he doesn't take her advice. And Loki replies, Hush thee, Freya, a whore thou art, and a 
wast bent on ill, in thy brother's bed the blessed gods caught thee, with Freya thou didst fart. When Can Freya, her wind set free. <laughs> okay. I don't... Uh, yeah, can you read yours? Uh, mine says, Be silent, Freya, thou foulest witch, and steep full sore in sin. In the arms of thy brother the bright gods caught thee, when Freya, her wind set free. And uh, let's see if I have a note. Uh, da, 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 da. I do not. Initial. Thy brother, which is Freyr. Right. Um, there's no other indication that such relation existed between these two, but they themselves were the product of such a union. And we also have the theory that the uh, Vanir, which, you know, they and their father come from, yeah. uh, practice such things in their... Uh, their halls. <laughs> right. And um because they're the children of Njord. And wasn't he originally married to his sister? Uh, he... As far as I recall, yes. And then when they all came over, they had to find spouses among the Aesir. Right. Because the Aesir were not okay with incest. And the Vanir mm-hmm. apparently were. So that's kind of my inclination for this stanza. Because I've never heard the insinuation made before that like Frey and Freya had any sexual relationship. It was I probably I had thought that they were I had thought that they were married and they had to split to join the Aesir during the exchange. Well I know um Njordan his sister did, but I didn't think Frey and Freya did, but I don't know. I don't I don't know. Well I mean Njord comes back. Yeah. And he's he's the father of Freya and Frey. And he says, small ill does it work, though a woman may have a lord or a lover or both. But I wonder it is that this womanish god comes hither, though babes he has born. Again, talking about him being a woman here and there. Oh, okay. So it's like, yeah, well, I don't see what's so terrible about incest because... Well, not even incest. You know, you, you got a husband? Sure. You got a lover? Okay. You got both? Cool. I don't care. That's fine. But you, you gave right. birth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of a fair insult. Uh, let's see, how long have we been going? You didn't keep a track on time, did you? Uh, I have been keeping track. We are really close to an hour now. Because I'm just looking at this, and it looks like it goes to f- well, now I lost my place. Like uh, mine says, it goes up to sixty-three stanzas. We are on like thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Uh yeah. So we are probably going to have to stop early. And I've completely lost my place in the book. What the heck? Oh, we're we actually we're ready for thirty-four. How about let's see? Let's just read thirty-four and thirty-five. Just so All right. we can we can get through thirty five and then stop there. And can you actually read both of those because I somehow lost my place? Okay. So Loki comes back and he says, "Be silent, Njord. Thou wast eastward sent to the gods as hostage given, and the daughters of Hymir and their privy had when used did they make of thy mouth." So uh, okay, <laughs> he says that the daughters of Hymir. Uh, used Yord's mouth as a privy, a toilet. Oh, um, yeah. I I don't know if that is a thing that happened or not, but certainly <laughs> we can see why that is an insult. And he says, we have no clue to who these were, though Himur is doubtless the frost giant of uh, the Hrimskthra, uh, and Loki's point is that Njord was not a god, but the product of an inferior race. The Wanes is what they're saying here. Oh. Well, and Njord wasn't an Azir. He was one of the Vanir, but... Mm-hmm. So, and then, finally, Njord comes back. Uh, again, this will be the last one. And he says, Great was my gain, though long was I gone, to the gods as a hostage given. The son did I have, whom no man hates, and foremost of gods is found. Uh, Frere. Yeah, and Frey like, is a very popular god. Hist- I mean, currently, as well as historically. So mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that is that is actually definitely a good thing. Especially remembering just how important family connection is. Njord's like, well, 
Frey's my son, so I'm not doing that bad, am I? Nope. So I'll say I'm, I'm going to type a number into the chat just so okay. we have a number when we come back next time. Yes. Uh, we just read 35, but we might have to go back over it, start again. But yeah, that I love this story because it's like, dude, what are you doing? We're you know, giving you so many chances, yes, man. Yes. And a, a lot of times I don't like this story. And I, I do like this story. But sometimes I feel like I don't like this story just because I'm like, oh my gosh, why are you saying such... So- yes, it is. It's very uncomfortable. Why are you saying such horrible things? But one thing I really love about this story is um, how real it makes the god sound. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, if you take the, the, the fancy language out, and, I mean, Loki just comes in and just starts insulting people, and he's like, hey, you're a coward, you're a whore, you're a bad person, and just all these horrible things. And, you know, some some of the times they return the insult, like mm-hmm. Odin said something like, well, you turn into a girl and have babies, so that's weird. But then most <laughs> of the time they're like, dude, stop. And it's like, really? You just insulted Frigga? What are you thinking? Just stop. Just stop and go. Go away. You're I'm making surprised it bad. One of them, I'm surprised one of them come in and say, are you in your cups already? You're not even in the meat hall. Did you drink before you got <laughs> right. here? <laughs> right. And, yeah, I mean, you can you can just really... Because, I mean, there's been times in the real world where some crazy person will make a scene like that. Not to this extent, obviously. But, right. I mean, you can just so vividly imagine what's happening. And just when I'm reading, it's like, oh, he did not just say that. What is he thinking? <laughs> this is ridiculous. But, yeah, this is really one of those stories. Um, and, and there's... There's a lot of them in the lore, but this is one of the real examples of the stories where it's just like you can really feel like these are actual relationships and actually entities talking. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes in mythology it's easy to be like, this god represents that and it's just an idea form or it's just like a representation of something else. But this just really makes the gods, and, and Loki too, but just feel so real and for that reason i do like the story a lot but yeah you just kind of feel you're just like what do you guys have to put up with this is (laughs) this is ridiculous really yeah but yeah um i i i don't really do you did you have any final words on this uh, other than to say, wow, this is just a lot of fun to read with you. I really appreciate the opportunity and the chance to do it, and I hope everyone else enjoys it as much as I have been enjoying this. It's it's just a lot of fun to to hear this. I'm not even going to call it banter because it's not. It is violent words slung at each other, and some of them are just trying to go, chill. You just need the chill, man. And he just doesn't give a crap at all. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just going to echo that. And yeah, like I said, it just, you just see him digging himself further and further in, and you just keep thinking, what are you doing? But yeah, I I do, the one thing I do really like about the story is it really makes um, our mythological, and when I say mythological, that doesn't mean they're not real, because obviously I think they are. It's just a word that I use. But it makes, like, our gods and Loki both just seem so real, and you can almost feel yourself there. And you're like, what are you saying? What? Just stop. This would be a great little scene in a play. I would love to watch this on stage. Yes. Yes, this would actually be a really good scene in a play. Um, and uh, to imagine if they could do that seriously and without just like ruining stories there's there's a lot of Norse myths that would make good plays but yeah this would mm-hmm. definitely be a must see that I'd want to see in there okay I think that's about it so to let you know next next month if all goes as planned we will finish this um I'm hoping that this new schedule Laura and I are working on will work uh 
if for some reason we can't get together, I'll have a filler episode where I talk about something else because I really need lore to be in on this line by line. I've done a few lore stories when he was out, but I did not do line by lines because line by lines doesn't work when you're just you, when you're on your own. So it has to be like, well, this is what the story was about and bring out an example here and there. But this one just needs to be finished line by This one needs to be done line by line, just like the Havamon, the Valspa needed to be done line by line for like the level of detail. This needs to be done line by line just to get like the feeling and all the insults one after another. And so um, next month, my plan is to do it with Laura again and hopefully finish finish it. Uh, but yeah, before I go, Laura, one more time, where can we find your books? If you are at all interested in science fiction, you can find me on Amazon.com. Type in Stephen Oaks, S-T-E-V-E-N-O-A-K-S. Uh, and my personal recommendation is to check out Walk On. Probably my favorite one I've written so far as a story. If you just want poetry, though, there's uh, a year of poetry. And you can read that, and, you know, Byron likes it, but yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard too much feedback from anybody else with that one, though. Well, yeah, everybody, definitely check that out. And um, I just wanted to remind everybody, if you want to go to my website, you certainly can. That is at www.hugenhoff.org. I don't know why I keep saying www. Just hugenhoff.org will get you there, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, do feel free to email me. I do love to get emails. Um, hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com is where you can do that. And sign up for the RSS if you haven't already. I do believe that's it. So everyone, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next month. Frahel. Frahel. Frahel.